Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Election Day is November 6th, so before we start the show, we just want to encourage you, if you have not done so already, to register to vote! It is your civic duty, and there are deadlines for voting registrations, and they do vary state by state. So go to USA.gov right now, look up your state, figure out when your deadline is, and register. And then don't forget to get your butt to the polls on November 6th. You can also sign up to get an absentee ballot if you can't make it that day. So mm-hmm. whatever you yep. got to do, it's easy if you know how to get that information. So USA.gov, do it. Treat your country. Treat it. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh my gosh, you're darn tootin' we do. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, um, oh, sneak past you, grab the ranch. My name is Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And this week we have a very special fan pick from a very patient fan mm-hmm. because <laughs> we fucked up their initial fan pick episode. <laughs> And so, <laughs> so now we're giving them a second try. We apologize. Hopefully this is everything you dreamed it would be and more. We're going to um, do it justice, I promise. <laughs> I really hope so. We're so going to t- try our darndest. <laughs> we fuck up a lot, you guys. Um, we do. <laughs> just ask our advertisers. Um, oh, my gosh. So... The topic this week is ransom crimes. Yes. And it is brought to you by Cassandra Netherton. Oh. I kept never never say never. Never say never. I kept typing random crimes in Same. my notes. While I was like doing research, I was like, no, iPhone. (laughs) I I do mean mean ransom. I'm not Googling random notes. No. (laughs) God. (laughs) It's annoying. So, what is our wine crime pairing for ransom crimes? This week's topic is being paired with the bluffer Valdigui from Wink Wine Club. Oh, Valdigui. Oh, bluffer. Like, I'm going to call your bluff if someone calls and says they're holding Kenyon or Lucy Ransom. I'm going to assume. Hang up. Yeah, I'm going to be like, (laughs) meh. I'm a little maxed out right now. I'm over leveraged. Um, I'm calling your bluff have fun on with this. Her. <laughs> I actually have a lot on my plate right now. And Take my life, go. please. They can handle it. <laughs> I've had quite a week, and I don't need this. So I've been seeing them a lot this year. <laughs> I'm putting my eye mask back on and going back to sleep. How Silent. dare you call me before 10 a.m.? <laughs> You know I'm sleeping. 
Yeah, <laughs> my morning pizza. <laughs> anyway, if you're new to this show and you have not heard us talk about our amazing sponsor, Wink Wine Club, they are an online wine club that makes your wine dreams come true. <laughs> they have an incredible Trademark. arsenal of hundreds of wines to choose from, all in a cool, different, small batch varietals from vineyards all over the world, a lot in California. And you can go to their website. It is trywink.com and use forward slash gals. Again, that's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash gals to get acclimated with all the cool wines they have. You can even take a little flavor quiz to get some recommendations made for you. And if it's your first time using Wink, you get 20 bucks off that first box of wine. And speaking of boxes of wine, if you put four or more bottles, meaning any amount you want of four or more, Uh you... Don't have to worry about shipping. They take care of the shipping. They send the box right to your door or to another convenient location. You do have to sign for it because you got to be mm-hmm. 21 to play this game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're amazing. Uh, this is a cool varietal that I don't think I've ever had, actually, mm-hmm. um, until now. So that's one of the things that I've really loved about joining Wink is that I've gotten to try out a bunch of stuff that I never would have really picked up off the shelf. It kind of pushes you to get mm-hmm. things that you're not used to, which is kind of exciting. Outside so, of your comfort zone. Yeah, get outside I your comfort zone. I have learned that I like Grenache. So thanks good. to Amanda and Wink My God, it's together. Good. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Sorry, taking a sip of Gatorade to get my palate ready for wine. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you recommend? Yeah. What color flavor? My recommended pairing is with um, the blue Gatorade. Chug it, chase blue it, flavored, <laughs> blue flavored, blue crush, or whatever it's called. Um, so Val de Guy is a red wine grape grown pi- primarily in the Languedoc region of southern France. It produces a dark colored wine uh, that's typically lower in alcohol. This bottle that we're drinking today settles in at about fourteen point three percent, which oh. is like right in that sweet spot, in my opinion. Um, wines in this area or even a little bit lower in alcohol than that tend to be softer and less acidic, which is something that I actually kind of like, though I like my wines to pack a bit of a punch, so I'm just kind of choosy. I think that's why I like Grenache so much, is that like you can get up into the high 14s to 15%, but because of that nice like black pepper finish, it doesn't taste so jarring on the palate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um But this wine tends to be light to medium bodied, unlike a Grenache. This one is a little more lighter medium bodied, kind of like a Pinot Noir. And this varietal actually does have a lot of similarities in flavor profile to Pinot Noir, but it produces a much darker colored wine. Because these Mm. wine grapes are like black. Like they're really, 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 really dark. Um, The grapes for this bottle that we're drinking, the Bluffer, were grown in California, which is the only other place that you can find them cultivated outside of southern France. So you're either going to get this varietal from that Languedoc region or from California, which is kind of cool. And even the first California farmers to discover Val de Guy confused it for what they called Napa Gamay until a traveling Frenchman set them straight. Mansplained it. <laughs> As to they them. so often do. French splaining. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Amazing. Um, these grapes my, for this bottle were harvested. Twitch. Huh? That was a, from the movie French Kiss. 
starring okay. Meg Ryan. These and grapes were harvested <laughs> from 40-year-old Valdigui vines, which are the oldest in California, from the Paso Robles Highlands and aged in stainless steel for freshness and to preserve the delicate flavors of the grape. So they didn't want to age it in oak or anything that's going to taint the flavor. Um, the result is a fruity, light-bodied red with lots of lively, tart berry flavor. Mm. Mm. I think my favorite thing about this bottle is that it doesn't have foil. I always cut my hand on the foil when I'm removing the foil from <laughs> Hi, a bottle. Be careful. I know. I know. Doesn't this bottle also have like a really cool, um, in my opinion, a really um, cool label? The label is really fun and quick anecdote. <laughs> so the label is like a photo of those glasses that you can buy with like the giant nose and the fake mustache on them. Mm -hmm. It's like a really cute little label. Do you know what those are? Oh, yeah. Those costume glasses? Yeah. Like so my my niece is going through some very like heavy motherly attachment and separation <laughs> anxiety right now. So <laughs> if my sister is in the room, my baby niece is like going crazy because she's not holding her enough or whatever, like whatever annoying thing that one and a half year olds do. So basically <laughs> human contact, human contact, but like Ugh. too much, way too much. It's it's a baby thing. Um so my sister will hide in plain sight by putting <laughs> a blanket on her head, kind of like a little babushka, and mm -hmm. a pair of these costume <laughs> glasses that are sunglasses with a nose and a mustache and a little policeman's hat attached. <laughs> and she can home. sit. I have an amazing photo that she's not going to let me share, but I love it. She can sit in the room with her child, and her child has no idea that it's her, and just like plays quietly and just it relaxes because she can't see mom when mom is right there. Amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Anyway, should we pop this bad boy open? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, nice. So wet. Foil-free pop. <laughs> Foil-free Foil wetness. I got a little dribble on Foiled my hand. Foiled again. <laughs> Some pre-drib. Oh, yeah. All right. The first time wow. I opened a bottle of wine at a table, I cut my hand on the foil and bled like a <laughs> lot. <laughs> like Gross. a lot. And like also spilled red wine on this man's like priceless Norwegian fisherman sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad day. Those I spilled milk on so a sleeping expensive. baby once. Well, that's fine. That's Serving gonna... tables is really hard. It's really it hard. Really hard. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Moving on, Lucy, what is our background and psych for ransom crimes? Well, let me tell you, weave your little tail here. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Ransom. That's, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yes. Is the practice of holding a person or item to extort money or valuables to secure their release. Mm -hmm. Okay. In case Move, we were not clear on notes that. are done. Here we go. <laughs> and oh in case. <laughs> Talk space. Special thanks. The term may also refer to the money or valuables itself, and the word comes from Old French ransom. Q Kenyon's correction. Nope, you nailed it. <laughs> Which comes from Latin redemptio, or buying back. Which also gives mm. us the word redemption. Got it. Got it. 
So historically, knights in the Middle Ages were frequently held for ransom, particularly those from nobility or royalty, because, you know, they're worth money to their families. Mm -hmm. Um, But they wouldn't be worth anything if they were killed. So they took up what's called heraldry to advertise Mm -hmm. their identities. So that would be like armory, like crests and banners and shields and mottos and like, you know. Basically a logo for, do you know who I am? Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So that's called heraldry. I have a Tesla. (laughs) I pooped on a Tesla. (laughs) Um, this was particularly important during the High Middle Ages when a lot of helmets were used. Helmets really exploded in the High Middle Ages, so it yeah, was they, they were, were very high fashion. Super hot. helmets, and so helmets. hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hence the heraldry, and uh, it was also harder. Well, yeah, because of the helmets, it was harder to identify the person with whom you were fighting. So okay. heraldry. Um, A couple of notable ransoms in history that I was reading about. In 1532, Spanish conquistador Francisco... Oh, that's my case. I'm kidding. It's not because I double-checked yesterday. I'm kidding. I hate you. Um, Also, this guy reminds me of pizza. Pizza's been the theme of my day so far. I had it for Um, breakfast. Yeah. I literally wrote about pizza in my notes as well. Yeah. You I don't guys, know what it is. I'm <laughs> trying to get healthy. I'm literally sitting here not drinking wine and drinking a stupid vodka soda that tastes like nothing. So miserable. Can we shut up about pizza? Does somebody's hanger calories than wine? Your diet is not going to keep me from talking about pizza. Good luck right. with that. I'm teaching you coping skills. Fun fact, today, this day of our recording, is International Day of Peace. <laughs> I have to go. I'm ordering a pizza right now to be delivered during Kenyon's segment so I can eat it while she's talking. <laughs> oh, if anybody is out there looking for a podcast co-host, I'm Take looking to <laughs> jump ship. <laughs> okay. okay, 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 okay. 1532, Spanish conquistador Francisco Pizarro Gonzalez. Pizarro. Mm. captured the Inca emperor Atahualpa after a succession of battles that will just make you fucking angry, so I'm not going to explain them. Good call. Mm -hmm. Atahualpa noticed how lustfully the Spaniards looked at all of their gold, silver, and emeralds that were in the ransacked Inca army camp, so he offered to fill a large room which was about 22 feet long by 17 feet wide by 8 feet high. So he offered to fill this room um, with with these precious metals and jewels to secure... Silver and gold. Silver (laughs) and gold. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Make new friends, but keep the the old one is silver and the other gold. Gold. One is silver and the other is Kenyan. Gold. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Plain. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so I suppose I missed, I skipped over the part where Atahualpa was um, being held hostage by the Spaniards. That's that's kind of important to A this whole important. thing. So he the offered to fill thing. that big room with all of the silver and gold to secure his own release. And this would be over $2 billion today. Oh, so right. to date, this is the largest ransom ever paid that was like recorded get you a man who is a conquistador <laughs> uh, or an inca emperor oh yeah, yeah that not a conquistador <laughs> no the spaniards were fucking assholes so they were like the spaniards were like tight let's bring in a notary to make this all like western style official <laughs> and atahualpa's like what all and right. then Jerry from from Parks and Recreation shows up <laughs> as the notary public. Well, there was also something in my notes that the Spaniards had asked him how old he was. And he's like, uh, we don't do it like that. But I've seen 31 harvests. And the Spaniards were like, what? Okay. <laughs> cool, bro. So, yeah, the notary super probably didn't make sense to them. Um, so the goods were delivered. And might I add that they they delivered gorgeous pieces of art, but the Spaniards were such fucking pricks that they smashed them up so that the room would fill up less quickly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why and then, couldn't they just be like, now we don't want this art here, have it back? Instead, they have to smash it? Well, they smashed it up to make the room fill up uh, more slowly, but then they also ended up melting everything down anyway. Oh, my How about God. you just get a second room? Right? That wasn't in the terms, I suppose. Um, but at the same time, the Spaniards were getting real nervy and decided to execute Atahualpa anyway. What? Because he, he had, like, a bunch of different armies all over the Inca Empire area. So the Spaniards were like, oh, shit, they're closing in on us because we have their emperor who's, like, super fucking famous dude. He's basically a deity to these people. Right. So his, their armies were closing in. And they were like, shit, we're going to kill him. So uh, Atahualpa was executed by strangulation on July 22nd or 26th, 1533, effectively ending the Inca Empire like oh forever. Right. right. Um, so the ransom was a fucking ass load of gold. After dividing it all up, the lowliest of soldiers each received 45 pounds of gold and 90 pounds of silver. Holy That's how much crap. fucking gold they looted from these people. That's a lot of oh fucking gold. God. I know. Um, another notable. Bring it all back. Right? I don't know. Another notable example of ransom was the practice of <clears throat> Haftlingsfreikauf. <laughs> what? Oh. Haftlingsfreikauf. Okay. Uh, farb. Yeah. <laughs> Gold farb. Uh, between East and West Germany, between 1962 and 1989. So, this Haftingsfreikauf literally means the sale of prisoners' freedom, which is like the definition of ransom. Mm -hmm. um, so, back when they had that little old wall between East and West Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, West Germany paid East Germany approximately 40,000 Deutschmarks, which was the or the equivalent in goods like potash fertilizer. Oh, was something that apparently 
your weight in potash fertilizer, my friends. <laughs> East Germany was hard up for some potash fertilizer at the time. Give me that sweet, mm-hmm. sweet potash. <laughs> potash <Potash-ashin. laughs> Um, Okay, so approximately $40,000, 40,000 Deutschmarks uh, per person, per political prisoner to release them, which was about 10,000 US dollars at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so motivation wise, East Germany was pretty broke at the time. So this played a large part in supporting their economy. And then West Germany was just interested in doing this for the humanitarian aspect. Uh huh. The freed prisoners usually had no time to say goodbye to their friends or family before being brought to West Berlin, which was Sadsters. Yeah. Uh, nearly four, th- uh, bleh, nearly 34,000 prisoners were released this way, plus about 250,000 exit visas were purchased for East Germans who wanted to emigrate. And I'm assuming oh. that meant emigrate anywhere they fucking wanted to. Just leave mm. East Germany. Probably go into West Germany first and then... It didn't say that explicitly, so I'm not sure. But it was at least to exit East Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, something funny that I came across, some people refer to the booting of illegally parked cars as ransom. Totally. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. Okay, on to... I've had some piece of crap cars that I would have just left. If they oh, had gotten yeah. booted, that it was like not worth it to unboot them. My mom listens to this, so she's gonna be disappointed in me. But years ago, oh no, I got I got towed for scofflaw, which is literally I had so many parking Bob's tickets that I just Bob-Laws? didn't pay. That Minneapolis oh. impounded my car oh. until I paid enough of my parking tickets to get oh my car my out. God. And I really considered just not having a car anymore so you yeah. are, i was like i might just leave my car in the impound but i did end up getting it out you are jim carrey and liar liar when he's like Correct. i have unpaid parking tickets and then he opens his glove box and they all come pouring and it's out full yeah that was <laughs> essentially me sorry oh my mom god oh boy oh i was my in god. my 20s She's Yuck. much smarter and wiser now. <laughs> I was 29. It was it a was, year and a half ago. It was, it was a long time ago, but oh it did God. happen. Scoff law, people. Don't Ugh. scoff at your parking tickets. Scoff laws, lobs, lobs. Bob law, blahs, scoff law. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about ransom notes. Yes. There are obviously very, uh, these ransom notes are obviously very important for forensic evidence in a ransom case, as well as for outlining the terms of the ransom itself. Dear. Investigators can compare, for example, handwriting from the note with a suspect's or compare grammatical or spelling inconsistencies a la Robert Durst's misspelling of Beverly. Yep. Yep. And I came across something recently. You know what? It it was from last week's episode. We didn't have time to get into it, but the poetry by um, the 16-year-old kid in last Mm -hmm. week's episode, Brogan Rafferty, he put the apostrophe on words like wasn't and don't in the wrong spot. Oh, just um, when I thought your case from you. last week couldn't get any longer. <laughs> okay. Let's bring it into this week. <laughs> Whatever. I thought 
you would be titillated by a grammar mention. Oh, I'm titillated. Oh, girl, I'm titillated. We're gonna we're gonna get into some grammar here too, which I'm very excited about. Lucy's oh, such a fucking savage bitch. Such a bitch. I'm super here for it though. I fucking love it. I'm all jacked up on pizza, you guys. I'm so sorry. Don't mention pizza, you oh. monster. <laughs> Just let me live. <laughs> Fucking bitch. Okay. Right. okay. Canyon hates us so much. <laughs> I have so much more to get through. You're oh, gonna, you're gonna love the last part of my segment, though. I promise. Um, okay, sometimes a note can be forged to make a person's family believe that the individual has been kidnapped when in fact they have left of their own volition and or are just trying to get some money and or the individual is already dead so the terms of the note are bullshit anyway. Mm. Benet Ramsey. Uh, yeah, I was going to get it. I started down the John Benet Ramsey rabbit hole. The it's Ramsey so hole. deep. It is bottomless. Hole. So I decided yeah. to just quit while I was... yeah ahead yeah, yeah. you can't yeah, fair you can't. enough um it's a big okay. case i also uh came across a cool story of the first ransom note in american history Ooh. oh so i also checked your cases <laughs> neither of you did this case so i'm cleared in march 2013 a school librarian was digging through old family letters and found a bundle of 22 letters addressed to a man named christian ross they were written in black ink with an unsteady hand, and the letters were rife with spelling, capitalization, and punctuation errors. This is where I truly get titillated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the kidnappers, Unless I'm saying it. <laughs> the kidnappers were demanding twenty thousand uh, dollars, which in, in today's standards would be about four hundred thousand um, dollars, for the safe return of Christian's four-year-old son. Charlie Brewster Ross. Charlie Brewster. Little Charlie Brewster. So one of the notes read, Mr. Ross, be not uneasy. Your son, Charlie Brewster, be all writ. We has got him and no powers on earth can deliver out of our hand. You will have to... You will have to pay us before you get him from us and pay us a big cent, too, the note read. <laughs> if you put the cops hunting for him, you is only defeating you own end. I can't. That it's, would be the ransom note that Lucy would write in order to throw off suspicion yes. from herself. Any suspicion. <laughs> yeah. Be like, no, definitely could not have been her. She would have thrown mm-hmm. up before she wrote you that. You is only defeating you own end. <laughs> <laughs> pay us. Pay us. Big cent, too. A big cent. So the 30-year-old Philadelphia police force, because keep in mind, this was in fucking, oh my God, I didn't even have the date. It was like 1853 or some shit. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Um, The 30-year-old Philadelphia police force had never even investigated a kidnapping before. So when the dad, Christian, initially reported the missing child, they just told him that probably drunks took him and would return him once they sobered up. I mean, it the, was the 1850s, so probably the 19th drunks. century. So like, version of was a good probably ran away. It was probably, probably drunks. Runaway. Probably <laughs> drunks and like maybe some plague. Maybe some circus folk. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but three days later, when the child was still missing, the first letter showed up. And then five days after the first letter, a second letter came, which read in part, This is the lever that moved the rock that hides him from ye. $20,000. Not one dollar less. Impossible. Impossible. You cannot get him without it. Okay. <laughs> I love your, like, oddly... Clear. Irish accent. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> little, little, little in 1853, Irish. I feel like everyone kind of had an Irish accent. Sure. That's that's fair enough. Yeah. I'm also trying to convey the really odd spelling. Mm-hmm. It's sort of hard. Mm-hmm. Like, every word is missing at least one letter. So there's, like, a weird Im- implied lilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the cops said not to pay the ransom, lest it encourage copycat crimes. Instead, mm. they leaked the info to the press and offered, ironically, a $20,000 reward for information leading to the kidnappers. The country kind of went nuts because this was during um, the Reconstruction period and people were, like, poor mm-hmm. and, like, also AF. kind of, like, bored, a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, Did this combo, Charlie... poor and bored. Yeah. Or not Charlie. Did Charlie's dad have this kind of money? Christian? Uh, Not really. He ran a dry goods store. So that could have implied that he was either super successful at the time because he had like an operating business or, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just a dry goods store. But he wasn't like a railroad man or like. No, he wasn't an an oil man. Okay. Um. So, yeah, the country went nuts with the with fake leads, um, spiritualists, con artists, and also children who kind of looked like Charlie. They were mm-hmm. all trying to get money out of this whole ordeal. Because $20,000, again, is a lot of fucking money. I mean, totally. I would take that. You kidding me? I would take $20. Me right now? $20. I would, too. <laughs> Um, the ransom yo. is twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole pizza. I know, right? That's a Dear big God. pizza. That's a pizza <laughs> and breadsticks. It is, depending on where you order from. <sighs> uh, Charlie never did come home, unfortunately, and they never really did solve the crime. So, so the ending. police were like, "Don't do anything because it could lead to more crimes like this." And the guy was like, "Yeah, but what about my son?" And they were like, "Pardon." What? Who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charlie, who? <laughs> Your who now? Um, this also, I was also going to talk about the Lindbergh baby because there was a ransom note involved in that, but we covered that pretty extensively in our um, dendrology, forensic dendrology episode. Mm-hmm. So, oh, shit, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so here's my favorite part. I'm going to give you some tips on how to write an effective ransom note. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> and these are from a website called forensicunit.weebly.com. So it's like someone's... Dot weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, <laughs> dot com. Exactly. It's like someone's Got personal it. website. I found dot it gov, to be hilarious. <laughs> okay. So you always want to start with a proper salutation. This orients the loved one... <laughs> This orients the loved ones to know where the ransom note begins if it is more than one page and grabs their attention. You can try the most common opening of dear, though some feel that this lacks the appropriate sense of menace and favor beginnings (laughs) such as hey or now listen up. 
<laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. Near you. Fair point. Yeah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, you. In most cases, so the recipient knows for whom the ransom note is intended, you should follow the salutation with the person's first name and a comma or colon. That's just basic letter writing, if you ask me, but... Hey, Kenyon. (laughs) Hey, Christian. We've got your son. (laughs) Now listen up, Amanda. (laughs) I've got Callie. (gasps) No! (laughs) We both gasp. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, so now the opening paragraph of your letter. You should tailor your opening to the situation. For example, if you have just beaten up the royal bodyguard in a military operation, you might begin with the body count on their side. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the body count on your own side, probably not worth mentioning. No. If the item you are requesting ransom for is a thing, not a person, be sure to mention this right at the outset along with its current status. Keep this brief for directness. It is usually best to get to the topic of why you are writing the ransom note as soon as possible so there can be no mistaking your intentions. Mm -hmm. So it's not a manifesto. (laughs) The body of the note. Construct the body of the note. Here is what you can express... um, your individuality, both with regard to the status of your captive and what your plans are if your demands are not met. Most <laughs> ransom notes should be under two pages long, but if you have many hostages or many requirements, it can be longer. <laughs> Threats. Oh, my God. This section of the note dealing with the consequences and the fate of those who try to stop your plans, etc., should be direct and forceful to stress your seriousness without giving too much away about your defenses. <laughs> okay. Also good. I wish that they had elaborated more on the threats. Um, I have questions. <laughs> I think I might be taking this class in college right now. <laughs> These lecture notes are sounding very familiar to me. (laughs) Stop by Viola Davis. Were they made out of individual letters cut from a magazine? Yes. (laughs) Your syllabus is just a ransom note. (laughs) Okay, craft the closing paragraph. This is traditionally the place where you give the specifics of the ransom or other demands you are interested in seeing the other party carry out and is often a pitfall for the inexperienced kidnapper as they get too wrapped up in the technical details of the transfer, the time Mm. and place of the exchange, or the type of retribution that will occur if any of their requirements are not met. Mm -hmm. That is Mm -hmm. likely to bore your reader and (laughs) and may even jeopardize operational security for no good reason. If if someone gets bored reading the ransom note that you've left them... (laughs) There are other issues in your plan. You've kidnapped the wrong individual. (laughs) (laughs) If you are getting too hung up on working out a snappy close, include a brief summary. Classic Mm -hmm. conclusion paragraph. I mean, that's just. Yep. So fifth grade. This is your closing. This ransom note or uh, the ransom note does not have a popular complimentary closing formulation such as 
Regards, yours faithfully, or love always. <laughs> Warmly. XOXO, the wine and crime gals. Some, some criminals prefer to end with threats and insults directed at the recipient, while others feel that this is not the best way to go forward with a good working relationship and would rather emphasize how everyone's best interests is served by the completion of the ransom demands. Most agree that it should shock the reader into action and cement the note as a serious threat. Mm -hmm. And then after you've written the note, always ask a second party to proofread and make sure to avoid the <laughs> passive voice. <laughs> it Ransom doesn't no say not to sign your name. It doesn't say that you have to trust your proofreader. I mean, I feel like we could expound upon this. I will proofread any and all ransom notes that are delivered to me. Without question. Mm -hmm. With mm -hmm. aplomb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ransom notes can be made of letters glued from, paper, from magazines and other printed materials. It disguises the writer's identity from handwriting analysts and many other forensic techniques. A few examples are illustrated here for your consideration, which was on the website. I can send you the link. It is so fucking mm. funny. Okay, here's my absolute favorite part. Illustrations and photos could be used as a way to concentrate the mind of the loved ones. These are the most valuable. You may use graphs, tables, charts, and flow diagrams, but don't overdo it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my, this is my ransom PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, seriously, this is a dossier. So... So the example ransom note that was on this page reads, we are aware that you have brought back some treats from your holiday. We have not been <laughs> offered any down here. We have your bicycle helmet as a hostage until we get some of that tasty US of A candy. That would be my ransom note. Yep. I'm holding an item of yours hostage until you feed me treats. Until you bring me American candy. <laughs> any candy i don't yeah. care where it's from as long as it's candy <laughs> okay that is my segment now you guys know how to write the perfect how to craft the perfect ransom note unbelievable uh, i feel like i have learned so much <laughs> you're welcome I think well, I'm gonna I'm gonna show the middle school teachers at Zach's school. You have be to like if you have trouble getting them to write a five paragraph essay, start with something simpler like a ransom note. It basically <laughs> it. still has all the elements, and the purpose is very clear. Yeah, I think it would really help to Focus I don't know strengthen your critical writing skills. Right, I'm here for it. Mm hmm. All right. Well, I'm an educator. Um, so if you are having trouble crafting the perfect ransom note. Or if you have resorted to teaching your classroom how to write ransom notes. <laughs> you your might curriculum. need Talkspace. <laughs> Did you know that Talkspace is the online therapy company that makes it easy, convenient, affordable, and amazing? To set you up with a licensed therapist through your mm -hmm. phone or your mm -hmm. computer? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. didn't know that. Tell me more. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I did know <laughs> that. I love Talkspace. <laughs> Talkspace is amazing because, like Amanda so eloquently said, um, 
you can message, text, voice memo. What are the other op Video chat. Yeah, you can video um, chat. That one's really good. You can simply yeah. call. Yeah. I know that that's not therapist. something millennials really do, but you can make a phone call <laughs> to your therapist. It's touch and go. It's iffy. I prefer to text and then receive I a voice too. memo back. The texting yeah. is really where I excel. And um, the text... The texting is my favorite, too, because you can go back and look at past conversations, which is really, I found it extremely valuable. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like having a record of your progress with your therapist just in the app on your phone. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's way more affordable than traditional therapy, and it's unlimited. So your therapist mm -hmm. is going to have office hours that they respond to you, but you can message them anytime from anywhere as much as you want. Yep. So... It's amazing. It's affordable. It's convenient. It does not require pants. Um, and for $45 off your first month, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals. Treat your brain. <laughs> and now a word from another sponsor. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit delivery service that includes everything you need to cook delicious gourmet meals that you can feel good about. This is how it works. Green Chef sends premium organic ingredients and imaginative new recipes each week, and everything is hand-picked and delivered right to your door. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. And with Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options. There is a diverse array of recipes that range from global cuisines to classic comfort foods, all with a signature touch. And it's super convenient and easy because Green Chef thinks dinner should be planned around your life, not the other way around. You can let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. Yes. Yeah, so the other night I was going to just make a salad because I wanted something that, you know, I felt good about eating. And then I looked mm -hmm. in my fridge and I was like, oh, my God, I have another Green Chef meal that I forgot yes. about. Yes. So I made the stuffed peppers with orzo. Unbelievably mm. good. It is so good. You make like a potato hash with onions and then this really delicious prepackaged uh, spice mix. Mm -hmm. And then you throw that on the stove, throw it in the oven, you cook your peppers, you... Uh, make the orzo and then mix that up with a different seasoning. Everything is is pre-portioned for you. Mm -hmm. um, all you have to do is chop it up and not even that for a lot of ingredients and throw it together. It was so fast. I felt so accomplished. Mm -hmm. And like the salad that I was going to make, I felt really good about eating it. And it was gorgeous. I sent you guys mm -hmm. a photo mm -hmm. of it. I, yeah, it really she did. was. I was beyond proud, and mm -hmm. you can be too. So for $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us forward slash gals. And again, that's $50 off your first box of Green Chef. That is a an incredible deal. It really mm -hmm. is. Go to greenchef.us. So that's G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot U-S forward slash G-A-L-S. Get that 50 bucks off your first box. You will not be sorry, and then you can impress your sister, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Treat your gut. Yes. Okay. We ready? I'm ready. Totally ready. I chose a case out of Minnesota. Woo! Um, yes. And 
actually, it's from the lake where the three of us grew up. So, what? It's also, yes. Um, it's also like pretty quintessentially Minnesotan. Um, so, I feel like maybe we should all drink every time a Minnesota reference is made. Okay. Oh my God, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> so, first Minnesota reference, the lake where we grew up. Okay. Virginia Ginny Piper was born in 1922 to a prominent family in Wyzetta, Minnesota. Oh, geez. That is prominent. Mm -hmm. And she was one of five daughters. After graduating junior college, she married Minneapolis investment banker Harry Piper Jr. I'm already drunk. I know. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and as all rich people do, Harry went by a totally unrelated nickname. Uh, he preferred the name Bobby. What is that about? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's like juniors and seconds and thirds and fourths. Uh, and so they enough. have to like distinguish. Okay. The wealthy couple settled in Orono, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, my God. And had three sons, Harry Piper III and Addison. we dated all three of them <laughs> in ninth grade. We well, did. Addison oh, no. and David. I definitely would have gone for Addison. Yeah, you would have. Adam and Adam. <laughs> and also one of those three went by the name Tad, but it is oh telling that God. I have no idea which one the nickname was Let's Tad. choose. It's probably Harry Piper the third since yeah. they... That's the one with all the different. But d- it could be Addison, though. Tad, Addison. Or Harry mm. Piper the third was just like, you know what? I don't want to be the third Harry. I'm going to pick a completely unrelated name to go by. I'm right. a tad partial to Tad. <laughs> Good one. You're okay. So Bobby Harry uh, went on Bobby to become... Harry. <laughs> went on to become the chairman and CEO of the successful investment firm Piper, Jaffrey, and Hopwood, Inc. Oh, I feel like I know about that. Is that still around, or am I just hearing words that sound like they should go together and assuming that I know what that is? It's the latter. I think, think, no, I think it is still around because I think one of the sons runs it now. Okay. Tad. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, It's Tad the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Ginny was active in Twin Cities social and philanthropic circles. Okay? Uh At approximately 1 o'clock in the afternoon of July 27th, 1972, Ginny Piper was outside gardening at the family's expansive lakeside estate in Orono. That sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. So relaxing. Yeah. Well... Out of nowhere, two masked gunmen dressed in all black rolled oh, up to the property. They oh, tied I'm still up- fine with this. This is like maybe a fantasy <laughs> that I've had before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just outside but gardening. Was it consensual? Business. As long as it was consensual. When two large, strong men. Okay. I'm dressed in black leather. I'm learning too much. Okay. They (laughs) tied up the cleaning ladies that were working inside the home and then grabbed the 49 year old Mrs. Piper from the garden. 
handcuffed her, stuffed a pillowcase over her head, and forced her to lie down in the back seat of their green 1972 Chevy Monte Carlo. Oh, what a terrible car. <laughs> well, it was 1972, so at least it was a new car. True. Um, before leaving the property, however, the kidnappers left a typewritten ransom note addressed simply to family. Oh, okay. So they, they did not do dear or now listen up. Now listen up, family. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, family. Hey, buddy, um, I've got your wife. <laughs> Harry, Bobby. Um, so they demanded one million dollars, which was the would be the That's equivalent of, of almost money. six million today, um, in unmarked twenty dollar bills. And I was curious how, like, what the size of six of yeah. one million dollars in twenty dollar bills would how be. How heavy so can, that would be. Yeah, mm-hmm. like how many suitcases, whatever. So if you go to the drive, there are yes. photos of a guy posing next to like a giant bubble with $1 million Whoa. in $20 bills. Whoa. That's a lot of $20 I th- bills. I think that's at the Federal Reserve Building in Chicago where like tourists can look at it. That's but I'm not cool. Sure. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. Okay. Um, It's actually thought that the kidnappers had intended to abduct Harry Bobby that afternoon. Um, And there's evidence to suggest that they thought uh, he was planning to be home early that Thursday because it was one o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. But he wasn't home when they arrived. So they took Ginny instead. But that's just a theory. The kidnappers drove Mrs. Piper some 150 miles, which was about a two and a half to three hour car ride, um, to what if she would. Kenyon's la- driving. <laughs> Amanda's like under 45 minutes. Yeah, I'll get you there in half an hour. Let's do this. <laughs> she really will. Um, <laughs> to what she would later learn was a remote part of Jay Cook State Park near Duluth. Ooh. Oh, I can't drink anymore already. Drink. <laughs> I'm kind of drunk. Mm-hmm. During the car ride, Ginny was forced to tape record ransom delivery instructions. And when they arrived at the state park, one of the kidnappers handcuffed Ginny to a tree and also like chained. So that she was handcuffed and then they also like chained her to the tree because mm-hmm. I don't know if you can get handcuffs big enough to go around a tree. Um, he later gave her a pair of wool pants and a St. Olaf college sweater to wear. Oh, my God. I hate you. You're doing this on purpose. <laughs> mean. I'm also drinking. Okay. At this point, uh, he was no longer wearing a full mask, just a nylon stocking over his face. And the kidnapper instructed Ginny not to look at him in the face, but she did get one good look at him. And she noticed, quote, a red streak through his left eye and a white ring encircling his left eyeball. Hmm. Oh, what? He's got villain eyes. Yeah, he's got, like, yeah, Bond villain crazy face happening. Yikes. Um, 
Over the next 34 hours, while Ginny was handcuffed to the tree, she wisely made friendly conversation with the kidnapper. So there were two kidnappers, and one of them, like, stuck by her and guarded her, and one of them was off somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, like, being friendly with the kidnapper. She learned that he called himself Alabama. Okay. Not like I'm from Alabama, but, like, he referred to himself nickname. as Alabama. Yep. And that he had previously worked in construction and that he had likely spent time at the St. Cloud Reformatory. You bitch. (laughs) Gonna need another Gatorade. (laughs) Um, The kidnapper fed Mrs. Piper bread, cheese, and 7-Up. And And bars. (laughs) And coffee and bars. And um, jello salad. (laughs) <laughs> and even offered her menthol cigarettes. I mean, all right. Yeah. And I mean, even it was offered 70s. her Braunschweiger with onions. Oh, that sounds so fucking good. I know, right? <laughs> oh, I got to order that pizza. Just some Ludafisk <laughs> from my can. Um, meanwhile, Harry Bobby Piper was carefully following the kidnapper's instructions for delivery of the ransom. He did inform the authorities, but he asked not to be followed during the ransom drop, per the instructions. And the FBI tried to persuade him otherwise. They tried to be like, no, really, we should be there. We should be following. We should be, like, trying to catch them during the ransom drop. And he was like, nope, they've got my wife. I'm doing this on my own. And um, ultimately, the FBI honored his request. Good. Okay. So he packed the money in a large 110-pound duffel bag. A 10-gallon hat. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that's that was the choice. (laughs) And drove two I need a million dollars in unmarked twenties delivered by 10-gallon hat by high noon. I'd be like, Amanda wrote this, just ignore her. Or you don't get the sweet US of A candy. That sweet, <laughs> sweet fertilizer. Potash <laughs> fertilizer. Potash. <laughs> I need that sweet, sweet potash candy. Made it. <laughs> okay, so he drove a circuitous route from Orono. I hate you. Aren't they all circuitous from Orono? I'm refill my wine. <laughs> right? There's a giant lake. Um, to a, quote, seedy bar in Minneapolis. Oh my God! Can my we favorite. guess which bar it was? I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's the it. U Water Stop in. No, I, I I'm wish. guessing. Was it like CC Club? No. Oh. It does still exist, though. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. It's in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Was it Palmer's? <laughs> no, it was the sports. The Sportsman's Bar, which is now called Sporties, which I think oh. is in Dinkytown. I mean, they watch, like, gopher games in that bar. I wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> anything with sport in the name? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. out. Yeah. That's um, not my spot. <laughs> the note instructed him to stop at an intersection in St. Louis Park. I hate you. <laughs> Is it the intersection where the giant uh, treehouse used to be? I have no idea. 
On Ottawa Avenue There's and Mintaka Boulevard. <laughs> on I-94 no. and Radio Drive. Radio Drive, <laughs> open Monday through Friday till 6, Saturday and Sunday till 5. <laughs> Online at shaneco.com. <laughs> now you have a friend in the friend diamond business. Friend in the diamond business. business. <laughs> All of our Minnesota listeners are like screaming right now and everybody else is like, what is even happening? Okay. Uh, so they, he stopped at an intersection in St. Louis park and found a radio transmitter, like hidden in the bushes there. In a cigarette box. (laughs) In a 10 gallon hat. A la casino crimes from episode, whatever it was with that French lady. Yeah. Yeah. Good memory. It all circles back. Bitches. <laughs> Partially Follow- drunk Amanda remembers things a lot better than sober Amanda does. It's a gift. It's, it's a like gift. Hip- hypnosis. It is. <laughs> Following more instructions, he located a green 1972 Monte Carlo, so likely the same one that they used to kidnap Ginny in the first place, but not confirmed. Ginny. Ginny. <laughs> and transferred the money to the trunk of the vehicle and then he drove the vehicle to the bar okay so it's kind of complicated but he's following all the instructions okay harry bobby enters the bar and attempts to phone (laughs) (laughs) attempts to phone the kidnappers but he never got through and when he returned the car parked in the back parking lot with the money, was gone. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. So Bobby had no clue whether this had been the kidnapper's plan all along or whether it had simply been stolen by a third party with a that million dollars amazing. in the trunk. Oh yes. Can you imagine? With a 10-gallon hat full of cash in the trunk. What a win. Can, can you imagine the cold sweats and the, like, urgent need to shit? They yeah. would oh my God. come over you. Your bowels would just it. release on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. You it. are no longer welcome in the sportsman's, <laughs> sir. <laughs> That's what happened to the shit on the Tesla. Someone yep. just got real nervous while standing on the hood of that car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just happened to be on the hood. It's not their fault. <laughs> It's a condition. Um, It's a condition. (laughs) (laughs) More crucially, however, he had no idea about the fate of his beloved wife, Ginny. So if it was stolen by a third party or even if it was taken by the kidnappers, he didn't know if they were going to release Ginny now. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even know if she was still alive at this point because it's not like they have cell phones. Um. Not knowing what else to do, Harry Bobby abandoned the Monte Carlo. Oh, so they just took the money out of the trunk. They left the car. And he returned to his Lake Minnetonka mansion after midnight. And the FBI would later recover the vehicle as evidence. On the Friday night, the main kidnapper simply left Ginny chained to the tree in the state park. Uh, alone in the pitch dark wilderness. Poor thing. She later told reporters that this was the first time she truly feared for her life um, and worried that she might not be found for months. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Poor Jenny. I know. Jenny. Jenny. 
But rather than resign herself to the situation, Ginny tried to uproot the tree by digging at the roots with her bare hands. Good yes, lord, queen. girl. She is a gardener. Yeah. She she does have a green thumb. She does, and now she's oh, got a God. brown one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> From the digging. Gave someone a brown thumb the other night, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. We heard all about it. We good. I knew that was going to come out. I set you up. Oh, no. She's not kidding. She's not kidding. Oh, my God. I thought someone gave you a brown thumb. Okay. Hi, Mom. So, at one point... Presumably the other kidnapper arrived in its pitch black, whatever, and asked, quote, is everything all right? Where's Tom? (laughs) The fuck is Tom? (laughs) Alabama? Alabama. Oh, no. And Ginny replied that he'd been gone for hours, and the man replied not to worry, and that she was going to be rescued. And then he drove off, honking and saying, Grandma, Grandma, we are going now. What the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> First of all, I'd be like, I am 49, you piece of shit. Did How you just dare you? me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but also I feel like that's still pretty Minnesotan to be like, leaving this woman chained to the tree, but honking as you drive off. Like, <laughs> yeah. not to worry. It, beep, beep. it took him 25 <laughs> minutes to leave her by the tree. He's still wrapping up her leftovers and talking to her about the obits he cut out of the newspaper. <laughs> the Kathy cartoon. He's checking the air in her tires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's my dad. <laughs> it's your dad. On Saturday morning around 9 a.m., a random Lutheran minister drank. Yes. Drink. Take two drinks for that. Well, the word random. drink grape Kool-Aid for the blood of Christ. The word random kind of adds to the ministry. Random Lutheran. <laughs> so it's Saturday Throw morning. a dart in any direction, you're going to hit a random Lutheran. Tell you what. <laughs> A random Lutheran minister receives a phone call from an unknown caller, and the caller explained that he dialed that number at random, but then he gave the exact location of Mrs. Piper, basically telling this minister to call the police so the police could locate Ginny. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Um, He's like, she'll then- be surrounded by Tupperware. <laughs> You'll know her she, by the Tupperware. She's and sustaining on Kathy and Bowers sweater. <laughs> She'll be highly caffeinated. <laughs> I switched her to decaf two days ago. <laughs> um, FBI agents were able to locate and rescue Ginny around noon that same day. She'd maintained remarkable calm and composure throughout the entire ordeal. Yeah, because she's a badass bitch. Mm. Yeah, because she has three sons, so this is like a walk in the park. Yeah, this is just a (laughs) casual Tuesday for her. Four, if Um, Tad is in fact another person. Um, following the kidnapping, the FBI mounted an extensive investigation at one point dedicating over 250 agents to the case. Damn. That's a lot of people. (laughs) Um, but that was because 
It was the highest ransom payment in U.S. history up to that point. Wow. Yeah. Way to go, yeah. Minnesota. Never heard oh, of yeah, that. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> Over the next five years, some 2,000 leads were explored, including that of two middle-aged local minor career criminals, Kenneth Callahan and Donald Larson drink. Oh, dear. It's always a Larson. With an E-N. An O-N. An O-N. Yep. Less Minnesotan. Um, son of Lars. I think it counts. So the two men were initially dismissed as suspects, but as the statute of limitations for kidnapping began to draw near in 1977, investigators changed their minds and zeroed in on these two men, okay. which is a little suspicious. I kind of feel like they didn't really know for sure, but they wanted to charge someone before the statute of limitations was yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's starting to feel it, a little desperate. Yeah. Interestingly, the FBI tried and failed three separate times to extract a fingerprint match from the, the vehicle. But somehow on the fourth try, just 16 days before the statute of limitations would have expired, they magically succeeded. Uh, and I don't like Lar it. Right. And Larson and Callahan were indicted. Also because they were career criminals, they definitely already had their fingerprints on file. Right. Yeah. Um, the defense would later argue that this fingerprint evidence had been, quote, phonied up. By the FBI in order Phony to get a conviction. Up. Oh my Phony god! Up. I feel like that warrants a drink. Yeah, for sure. Like, can't you just see that written in the like Star Trib? Yes. Uh -huh. okay. That's a bummer. <laughs> Amazing. Both Callahan and Larson were convicted in their first trial, but this verdict was overturned on appeal, and the defendants were given a new trial. And in the second trial, the two men were acquitted of all charges. Okay. So one thing of note, a man named Dr. Murray Myron, a renowned psycholinguist who throughout his career assisted the FBI with several high-profile cases, you might have heard of the Branch Davidians. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. I've heard of them. The Son of Sam. Oh, jeez. Oh, I've heard of him, too. And the fucking Unabomber. Oh. Never heard of him. Who's that? <laughs> um, so this guy, this psycholinguist, was slated to testify for the prosecution and talk about the language of the ransom note and link it to Callahan and Larson. Um, so he was kind of doing what Jim Fitzgerald did. The forensic exactly. linguistics thing. Ex exactly that. Yep. Okay. Um, but somewhat inexplicably, the judge barred the testimony, saying that he did not believe it would assist the jury in reaching a verdict. What? Huh. Evidence won't help the jury? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this one judge didn't believe in forensic linguistics. I'm not sure. But, like, <sighs> that seems kind of strange to I bar don't like that it. evidence. Yeah. Seems phonied up to me. Roll mm. phonied up. So while both men never served time for this incident, 
Callahan and Larson's lives had already diverged drastically even by the time of the first trial. Donald Larson served a life sentence in prison for a brutal quintuple murder. Whoa. Yeah, never trust a Larson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, Yeah, I learned that after four years of living with one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you got out in time because Donald Larson murdered his girlfriend, her lover, and then three of three related children. So one was his own child, one was the lover's child, and one was like his stepson or something. What? Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ken Callahan lived out the rest of his life quietly in Wisconsin. Boo, they can have him. (laughs) (laughs) Working as a carpenter, and he never appeared to live beyond his humble means. And yet... Oh, my God. The vast majority of the $1 million ransom paid for Ginny Piper was never recovered. Ooh. Mm, He had it. Went into the Wisconsin economy. Went into the Dells. (laughs) The Dells. (laughs) Um, Something like $4,000 in marked bills, because, of course, they say, like, in unmarked bills, but, of course, they marked the bills. Um, Popped up at banks in southern Minnesota. But that's it. And some believe that the rest of the money remains hidden somewhere in Minnesota or Wisconsin. <gasps> My dad Should we go has on it. a wine and crime treasure hunt? My dad has right? it. <laughs> That'd be great. It's in Baudet. I was going to say it's buried under the cabin in Baudet right now. <laughs> yes. If your dad had it, it would already have been spent on like a hunting trip in Alaska by now. There is not uh, a cent of that left. Do you know how many hunting trips he's taken to Alaska in the last 25 years? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A Minimum lot. 25. Um, you think a photographer can pay for that? <laughs> Actually, I'm getting a lot of questions. Um, Harry Piper III was just 19 when his mother was kidnapped. He later became a U.S. Justice Department civil rights lawyer. Wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Get it, Tad. Get it. Wow. Wow. He also considered writing a book about the case and conducted in-depth research on both the investigation and all the subsequent trials. Oh, wow. Wow. But he eventually (laughs) abandoned his plans for the book after his father discouraged it. Um, Oh, oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. But not before demanding that one of the hairs found in the kidnapper's Monte Carlo be taken into evidence and analyzed (gasps) for DNA. Wow. Wow. Unfortunately, the FBI had already destroyed the hair. Oh, oh. wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Piper so has spent expensive. years. <laughs> so dumb. I don't know why we're doing this, but I fucking love it. We're doing it because of Kenyon's fucking drinking game. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Oh, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Piper has spent years in court fighting for the rights to view the unreleased documents related to his mother's case, which the FBI withheld or heavily redacted. Okay, oh, so wow. there's all these documents. <laughs> <laughs> you so oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. All right. 
<laughs> Ginny died from cancer oh, in 19... 19- wow. <laughs> in 1988 at the age of 65, and Harry Bobby followed, also succumbing to cancer in 1990. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. Wow. The cup... The couple were married for 45 years. Wow. Oh, wow. A cancer institute at Abbott Northwestern Hospital, Drink Bitches, was later founded in Ginny's Ginny's name. Today, the three grown Piper sons and Tad actually disagree about who they believe the real culprits are. One of them believes that it was Callahan and Larson, and like another one believes it was some other suspects, and another one thinks it's someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no doubt that this is one of the most successful kidnappings in U.S. history, oh, no matter wow. who it was. Okay, last wow. tidbit. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) This case also has a weird, albeit tangential, Nixon-Watergate connection. Doesn't everything. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. So the Piper's neighbor at the time of the kidnapping was a man named Kenneth H. Dahlberg. Um, He was former Minneapolis Swede of the Year. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now we have to drink. That's the most Minnesotan thing. Swede of the Year. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and the Midwest finance chairman of the committee to reelect the president who was Richard Nixon at the time. Oh, okay. In Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein's investigation and reporting on the Watergate scandal, they discovered a $25,000 check made out to Dahlberg that had been deposited in the bank account of one of the Watergate burglars. When confronted okay. about wow. it, <laughs> wow, wow. Dolberg Dull- initially denied knowing anything about the check, insisting, I haven't the vaguest idea about it. I turn all my money over to the Nixon committee, and I'm a proper citizen. What I do is proper. Haven't we discussed that if you have to say it, it's probably a lie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like a man being like, I'm a really trustworthy person. I'm really good in bed. I'm, I'm really I'm honest. really humble. I've got uh, a big dick. I'm really yeah. humble. <laughs> I'm so like I'm, I'm super the humble. most humble. Oh um when he later changed his story, he tried to blame his first denial on the fact that he'd just been through a horrible ordeal. My dear friend and neighbor, Virginia Piper, was kidnapped this week. What? So he tried to wriggle out of his lies about money laundering and the Watergate scandal because his neighbor was kidnapped. That's very un-Minnesotan, and I don't appreciate it. It is not becoming of the Swede of the Year. Right. Wow. I think they should take his title should away. Strip, strip him. him of his crown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so finding this check was a huge turning point in the Watergate investigation, and it helped prove how the money was being laundered. But Dahlberg was never charged with any wrongdoing, which I do not understand, but I couldn't wow. get into more of it. Wow is and then, right. Uh, last bit, I got some of my info from a 1977 Minneapolis Tribune drink article entitled 
For Piper Prober, plotting pays. Oh my God. <laughs> Say that again. Five times fast. For Piper Prober, plotting pays. For Piper, For Piper Prober, 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 plotting, plotting pays. pays. For Piper Prober, plotting pays. For Piper Prober, plotting pays. <coughs> yep. Wow. So that's that's the case of one of the most <clears throat> successful kidnappings in U.S. history. Cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. Good job. Thanks. I feel like I need to refresh my drink because y'all are wasted. Please do. <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> wow. Wow. And now a word from our sponsor. If you've been listening to this show, you've heard us talk about FrameBridge. They make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to the travel photos sitting on your phone. Here's how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they can send you a package to safely mail in your physical pieces to be framed. So mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. You can preview your item online in any frame style, choose your favorite, or get free recommendations from their talented designers. They are very talented. I love their system. The expert team at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. That's amazing. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And all shipping is free. All shipping. Plus, Mm -hmm. our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code GALS. I have waxed poetic about Framebridge a lot, but I'm going to do it again because I seriously love them and Framebridge pieces are littering my walls. Um, I've mostly sent in physical pieces uh, and the packaging, they've always returned in impeccable condition. Um, And the frames are really durable. So pieces that I've had framed years ago are still holding up beautifully. I've had no issues. And then other pieces that I've gotten framed at in-person frame stores have fallen apart, fallen off the walls, whatever. Mm. So the quality of Framebridge is really nice. And I've also given Framebridge as a gift. So I've given it um, to my mom for Mother's Day, and she was really excited, and we got to, like, pick out the frame together online, and she was it was probably one of my better Mother's Day gifts. I love um, that. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, to get started today, frame your photos or send the perfect gift for weddings, birthdays, and special events. Uh, Go to framebridge.com and use promo code GALS and you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Again, just go to framebridge.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-B-R-I-D-G-E.com, promo code G-A-L-S, and you get an additional 15% off your first order. Treat your walls, baby. Treat them. And now a word from our other sponsor. Hair Stories New Wash is an entirely new way to wash your hair. It is not a shampoo or a conditioner, but it's a new category of product that both cleans and moisturizes with a proprietary blend of essential oils and naturally derived saturated cleansers and no detergents or synthetic compounds. So most people don't realize that shampoo is often the root cause. <laughs> root. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Of all hair problems. It overcleans your hair, stripping away your body's protective natural barrier, and your body responds by overproducing oil to protect itself. Makes sense. 
When you switch to Hair Story's new wash, you stop this vicious cycle. Your scalp calms down and your hair returns to its true nature. Tens of thousands of people have already quit shampoo. There are over 5,000 reviews on Hair Story's website. The reviews are searchable, so you can find reviews by people with hair like yours. That's In my so case, key. extremely thin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the true. Hair Story website has a sophisticated product wizard to help find the right version of new wash for you. It also has a styling wizard to determine which of Hair Story's styling products would work for you. Uh, I am fully sold on Hair Story. I am obsessed. Me too. I took a, yeah, it was super fun to go to the website and take the quiz um, to get matched with the right products for my hair. And as everyone knows, I do color my hair really frequently. So the new wash rich, uh, the rich moisture shampoo for dry type hair is absolutely perfect for me. And that's what I got recommended with. Um, I also really love the powder on dry shampoo because I'm only supposed to, I mean, really anyone is only supposed to be washing their hair two no more than three times a week I guess but with colored hair you want to wash it even less so that dry shampoo really helps me make it between washes Um, I also have very thin hair with now a lot of body so I love their lift hairstyling mist it's like a really nice fancy hairspray that's such a light hold I love the lift yeah it's It's great you get all this movement and body but it's still holding you know my hair in the position that I style it into and these are my favorites, but I am absolutely obsessed with that that new Wash Rich shampoo. And my hair it has more shine to it. It's silkier. And I'm noticing that it doesn't strip my hair of color like other shampoos use that I've used have done. So I'm, like, not touching up my hair color nearly as much in between and not getting a tub full of, like, blue water or whatever I wash my hair. <laughs> I just, I love it. For a limited time offer get 20% off hair stories new wash by visiting hairstory.com forward slash gals and using promo code gals again it's a limited time offer you get 20% off hair stories new wash by visiting hairstory.com h-a-i-r-s-t-o-r-y.com forward slash g-a-l-s and using promo code g-a-l-s at checkout treat yo scalp treat yo hair and now a word from our other sponsor. ModCloth believes every outfit is an opportunity to express yourself. Inspired by vintage style and informed by today's sensibilities, they offer a curated wardrobe that lets you do just that. ModCloth is dedicated to serving their amazing community by celebrating your stories and offering a full range of sizes. So you can find a variety of looks in that full size range from extra extra small to 4X. If you have a question about fit, their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. And if you're like me, and as you should be, counting down the days to Halloween, approximately 42 days from the time of recording, ModCloth (laughs) has something to suit each and every ghoul. You can (laughs) now ghoul or whatever you identify as. Nab everything from cat and bat prints to polished Ooh. dresses that you can wear well past the witching hour. And let's be Ooh. honest, cat prints year-round. Hello. Every I hour is it. the witching hour. <laughs> I love it. 
I love ModCloth so much. I've been using their website for years now for kind of every occasion. I've definitely gotten some holiday-themed gear off of ModCloth. I've also used it to get bridesmaid dresses, dresses to wear to weddings, and for casual wear. Their website is beautiful. I also really love their catalog, which I subscribe to and get mailed to my yep. house. And it has a lot of really cool articles and things in it as well. Um, but my personal favorite thing about using their website is that after you purchase an item, you can actually go on and leave a review with a photo of yourself wearing the item so while you're perusing all these different things on their amazing website you can see people with body types that are very similar to yours wearing these outfits and putting these pieces together i just absolutely love it their website's amazing yeah it really gives you peace of mind when you're shopping for clothes online mm-hmm. to see how it's actually going to fit for sure um, So to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code WINECRIME at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on December 8th, 2018. So again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code WINECRIME at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on December 8th, 2018. So hurry, Claude, your bod with Maud. Woo! And Cat Prince. Are we ready to get yeah. to my case? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Payback time. Wow. Ah, here we go. <laughs> I love this case so much. Uh, it was selected by our fan picker, Cassandra, and I'm thrilled to get to cover it. So here we go. <clears throat> A wealthy healthcare executive came home one night in September of 2009 to find a terrifying note from his wife, Quinn Gray. Quinn The 37-year-old stay-at-home mother of two had been abducted from her posh Florida beach community. Oh, no. Isn't Quote, that an oxymoron? There are three men mean. holding me right now, and they want $50,000 cash. Do not do anything stupid. No cops. Keep your cell phone on you. Keep the kids with you. Please do this, honey. Please. Already seems weird. I know. Yeah, I don't like it. Her captor, 25-year-old mechanic Yasmin Osmanovic, abducted her and held her for... A lady? No. Oh, Yasmin. It's it's a man. Okay. Um, Abducted her and held her for four days over Labor Day weekend, apparently after nothing after nothing more than this large sum of money. Police leapt into action only to find that the seemingly cut-and-dry case had too many red flags to ignore. Uh-huh. The ordeal began the night of September 4th when Gray's husband, 34-year-old Reed Gray, discovered that his wife's note from his wife at their $4 million seaside mansion. Okay, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, start that over. 38-year-old also. The ordeal began the night of September 4th when Gray's husband, 38-year-old Reed Gray, discovered the note from his wife at their $4 million seaside mansion. Reed called the St. John's County Sheriff's Office, setting off a multi-agency manhunt that included the FBI, and the Sheriff's Office would eventually spend over $90,000 on the investigation. Dang. Mm -hmm. Wow. 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 The next day, as sheriff's officials set up a command center for the investigation, Reed received the first of at least six calls from his wife. According to a report, Quinn demanded that her husband drop the $50,000 at a local Chick-fil-A restaurant. No cops. 
<laughs> there are too many cops and also already get here. me a number two. Yeah. Get all the cops out of the Chick-fil-A, then drop off the money. No cops and no gays. And it's a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, no gays, no cops, and extra barbecue sauce on the side. And some sparkle sauce. What's mm. that stuff called? Sparkle something. Cajun sparkle. There we go. Mm. But when he drove to the area, Quinn called him again and said he had screwed up because police were spotted nearby. And they had said no cops. Mm-hmm. On September 6th, Quinn Gray's mother dropped $50,000 at a beach restaurant, but a group of college kids picked up the money and called the police, frantic that they were in the middle of a, quote, dope deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I know, that's so pure. I know. And I know this would be, dope like, absolutely deal. horrific if this were happening to you, but, my God, I cannot help but imagine this as, like, a Three Stooges folly playing out <laughs> in just the yeah. dumbest way. Like, 100%. Getting in the way. Um, <laughs> On September 7th, the case took an odd turn. An agitated Quinn Gray walked right up to deputies at a local mall. What? Handed herself over. And was taken to the FBI office in Jacksonville where she told agents that her kidnapper worked for a loan shark who wanted her husband to pay up an outstanding debt. But Okay. Detective Kevin Kerr and others were skeptical, noting that Gray seemed to be making up the story as she went along, just like I am now. None of this is real. <laughs> All she really wanted was to spend 50 grand at Chick-fil-A. What is wrong with mm-hmm. that? In I don't think the there's piece. anything wrong with that. <laughs> I think there's um, a lot wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. During another interview, Quinn changed her story. She said she had been sexually assaulted and that, quote, I was crazy then. I was just doing what I was told to do. She's like, but okay. if she gave herself up to uh, deputies at a mall, then they don't have anything to ransom anymore. Yep, correct. Okay. She did give police three telling details. Her abductor's name was Yasmin, and he drove a white Volkswagen Jetta. She also directed investigators to the warehouse where she was held. Detectives found Osman, Yasmin Osmanovic driving out of the warehouse in his Jetta, and he eventually wrote his version of events in an affidavit. Quote, I met Quinn Gray about a month and a half ago. We met at a gas station. Young he described, love. I know. This is how all true love stories begin. <laughs> at a gas um, station. He described going to her house and listening to her talk about her marital problems and her issues with drinking. She had nearly split up with her husband, Reed, and had gone to rehab at a Minnesota clinic. Oh, drink. And in case, yeah, no, I'm not applying that game to my case, but y'all do you. Um, And in case you don't know, Minnesota is affectionately known as the land of 10,000 treatment centers in the recovery community, which I think is fucking awesome. Oh, I like that. Love it. Um, her husband had had affairs, she said, and she wondered if he wanted her dead. So it's a good marriage. Good, strong, yeah, it's healthy going really relationship. Well. Yeah. So on lab- over Labor Day weekend, Osmanovic said the two spent time together, but he didn't know right away that she was plotting the kidnapping. They went to a hotel where he left her alone several times, and she could have left at any point, he said. Mm-hmm. So she's saying he's kidnapped her, but he's just thinking they're having, like, a, a romantic tryst. getaway. Yeah, getaway. As right. it turns out, 
And it's funny that you should mention Richard Nixon in your case earlier oh, because Osmanovic had a bit of a Richard Nixon side to him as well. He had recorded a substantial chunk of the weekend with Quinn on uh. a cellular device or on a tape. On a tape. Why? Just because he's a weirdo? Well, if you'd let me finish my sentence, you'll know why. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mouthy. Who wants wow. pizza now? <laughs> wow. Everyone um, always. And his likely pissed off girlfriend, because he also had a girlfriend, turned that shit over to police. The recording captured the sounds of Gray and Osmanovic having sex, plotting the kidnapping, and talking about mundane things like how they need to eat more salads. <laughs> Pizza. which like preach y'all and it for the record i have had pizza five out of seven days this week and i just ordered a pizza <laughs> so i God have a pizza bless. on the way right now and if yeah. i planned this right it will be arriving as we finish recording so i can just sit alone quietly <laughs> drunk eating my own pizza i'm At so happy PM. for you i know thank you things are going really well <laughs> um, to answer Kenyon's previous question, Osmanovic said he decided to record the conversations he was having with Gray because she was acting weird and he basically wanted to cover his tracks. Smart. Both were arrested and charged with extortion. He was taken to the St. John's County Jail while Quinn was taken to be treated at a psychiatric facility. Okay. Quinn's lawyers then went on national television to talk about her long history of mental illness and how she eventually identified with her kidnapper, like a la Stockholm Syndrome. I don't think that that happens over one weekend. I don't think it does either, but they're grasping at straws here. Uh, mm -hmm. Quote, not one email, not one text message, not one cell phone record. There's nothing that supports authorities' contention that it's a faked kidnapping, said lawyer Mark Miller on NBC's Today Show. Mm. About the audio tape, he said that it's, quote, an audio recording of a woman who has been kidnapped, abducted, and being raped. Mm. Although, okay. listening to being it. Being raped and thinking about how she needs to eat more salads. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I didn't hear the audio tape, but from what I read, it was pretty clear that the tape was, like, two people who know each other having conversations. Chatting. Right. And her also being like, I want to extort my husband for the tune of 50 grand. And let's right. have some consensual sex now. Yeah. And then right. order a salad through room <laughs> service. Um, interestingly, Gray's husband, Reed, the owner of a home health care company who detailed the couple's long, painful history of marital infidelity during hours of police interviews, which must have been a lot to sit through. Uh, stood by his wife. What? Against the advice of friends and family, he did not seek divorce in 2009. Quote, I love my family, he wrote in a statement to the media, and will do whatever I can to make sure that Quinn receives all the help and support that she needs. Wow. Wow. But, wow. That might be some Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> This, this outlook did not last long, and Reed filed for divorce in 2010. <laughs> a few while Quinn, in, a, in kind of a savage move, while Quinn was awaiting trial. He already filed his own nine taxes and just didn't want to like go back and change everything. I mean, He's honestly, like, like, next fiscal year. Given the circumstances surrounding why he says he filed... Like that, I wouldn't put it past him to be like, meh, it's more convenient for me to wait. Um, 
The divorce petition filed in St. John's County says his marriage to Quinn Hannah Gray is ir- irretrievably broken and asks for the main responsibility for caring for their two young daughters. The couple mm-hmm. had been married for nine years leading up to this point. Um, the petition also said Quinn Gray has dissipated substantial marital funds within the last two years. Yeah. And that that should be taken into consideration in the divorce. But it does not mention the fake abduction or any related issues, which is a pretty fucking classy move on Ruth's part, if you ask me. Like, bitch tried to extort me via fake kidnapping to the tune of 50 grand, but for the record, that's not why we're getting divorced, okay? (laughs) Okay, for the record. Even the primary That has nothing to do with it. LegalZoom.com didn't have that template drawn up (laughs) for this (laughs) paperwork so he was like ah fuck it i'm gonna seriously (laughs) um so quinn gray pleaded no contest to the charge for threats and extortion which is a second degree felony um the judge then sentenced quinn to seven years of probation so she didn't see any jail time because she's a white lady uh seriously but she also has to attend counseling and pay $43,000 to the St. John's County Sheriff's Office for the cost of the investigation, which, if we recall, is not even half of what the investigation actually costs. So fuck mm-hmm. that bitch. But don't fret too much, because picking up the other half of that tab is her lover slash accomplice, Yasmin, who pled guilty to the extortion charge and was given six years of probation and is also forced to pay St. John's County forty three grand. Wow. So they're basically getting the money back. Wow. Wow. If I were Yasmin, I would have been like, I don't know. Pissed. I thought it was just her kink. Like I thought she was just talking about extorting her husband. Yeah. I didn't know it was happening currently. I'm ten years younger than her. The sex is great. I work at a gas station. Like, cut mm-hmm. me some slack here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the judge who presided over this case. Not obviously didn't say that, but said, quote, I think the state has concluded you were not the ringleader in this. <laughs> but she said he was responsible for scaring Reed Gray and other members of their family, which, yes, with the plot that included desperate phone calls that Quinn would be killed and that thugs who the thugs who grabbed her from her home were keeping her tied against her will. So, like, he was complicit as okay. so things he was escalated. Involved. It's it wasn't not like just he them said, chatting in a hotel room. Right. It's not like he said, oh, wait, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, things don't seem to be going too well for Quinn post-trial, who now goes by Quinn Hannah, not Quinn Gray anymore. She was written up for violating her probation in 2011, which, if you recall, is just a freaking year after her sentencing. She's already getting written up for violating probation. Oh, girl. Mm -hmm. Her probation officer says in a violation of probation report that Gray has, quote, yet to show any true remorse for her crime and still appears to be in denial and oblivious to the pain she has caused others. The report shows six different reasons why Gray violated her probation. Most of the reasons are that she owes a lot of money. Mm -hmm. which this gets interesting. The report says she hasn't paid most of the restitution she owes for the extensive search by the St. John's County Sheriff's Office and the FBI. Gray also hasn't paid for court costs, supervision costs, or drug testing fees, according to the report. In total, Gray now owes $44,348. And this bitch is not poor, because that amicable divorce won her $10,000 a month from her ex-husband. A month? Mm. She gets $10,000 a month from her ex-husband as part of their divorce settlement. And it gets... $10,000 a month? It it gets worse. Tax money. Uh, I don't... 
I don't know. I think you absolutely you have to do claim pay it as income. I'm pretty sure because yeah. it's like alimony. You have to yeah. claim it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so she should be making some big fucking payments toward what she owes if she's making ten grand a month. Yeah. Um, but the term, like, uh, let me even just get through this. So in 2011, Dateline NBC aired a two-hour-long special on the extortion case, and yes, I watched part of it, and yes, it is amazing, and yes, I'm going to finish it. Um, <laughs> one term. All of my questions Gray's have been answered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one term of Gray's probation was that she can't talk to the media, but according to her probation officer's report, she violated that by submitting a statement to Deadline or to Dateline in time for this special to air. And it's uh-huh. like she can't fucking help herself. She's in such denial over what happened that she's willing to violate the terms of her fucking parole to get her twisted version of the story to the media. But oh, her attorney, honey. her attorney mm. Mark Miller, says she didn't do anything wrong. He also said that she has now changed her name to Quinn Hanna. Very important detail. Not, mm-hmm. but I thought that was funny. He also said that his client has been paying the agreed upon amount of one thousand dollars per month. That's all she has to pay. Okay, for so 44 months. For 44 months, I guess. But she's making 10 grand a month. Jesus. And her probation officer is saying that those payments haven't been getting made. I can't so it's even like, what think the fuck of are how, you doing as with all that a money? single person, yeah, you could spend 10 grand a month. Like, no. I don't Trust know me, how I you have could tried. even spend it. <laughs> I have tried. It's harder than it sounds. And she's not even taking care of her kids. It's no, right. she it's does not her. have custody of her children. Jesus. Right. And she only owes $1,000 per month toward this settlement. Um, Why does this woman have a better life than I do? It's and so she's frustrating. a maniac. It's so frustrating. You really Quote, need to sleep with a mechanic and then extort your ex-husband, mm-hmm. your husband. You do. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, I think when the court sees this and understands that she was contacted by media and provided a statement through her attorney about what happened on Labor Day weekend that year, I think the court is going to understand and make the right decision. Um, I couldn't find a, court, a record of the court's decision on her parole hearing, and I don't care enough to keep digging into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Quinn's mother inexplicably still stands behind her and believes she is innocent and was kidnapped despite the incredibly overwhelming proof that this was all fabricated bullshit. And Mm -hmm. ladies, sorry to tell you, Reed is now off the market once again. He did get remarried a couple years ago. So that is the case of Quinn Gray. Can you imagine being this dude's new wife? I'm Uh, assuming he married a woman. My wife. And knowing that he has to pay ten thousand dollars a month, a month. To and she only has to pay a thousand a month for this bullshit and isn't even like paying it like what the fuck i'd be so livid i'd be like uh we need to rewrite the terms of this divorce because we're going you are back a to court moron. yeah we're going back to court today <laughs> this will not stand what are no. the odds that she goes to prison because she's been violating probation or she's been violating all of these terms, basically. I mean, since. that stuff is really like it's dependent on a lot of different factors, and parole violations and the hearings that go along with them can last forever. And she has to be fucking up her parole in some pretty big way to actually go to prison for this kind of stuff, because it's like you're much more likely to go back to prison for like drug-related parole violations than like you're not paying. Mm-hmm. what you should be paying. So they'll probably just tack on more fees and fines right. to what she owes. Like you'd be shocked at how many people get away with just like 
not paying shit that they're supposed to pay, including child support. Yeah. Uh, there's like, yeah. there's, yeah. Hi, yeah, Kenyan dad. Knows. Yeah. There's like no, there's no like prison repercussion for that kind of shit. It's just like, well, we'll charge you more, but you're just not going to pay it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bullshit. Yep. Okay. 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 So she's not going to fucking right. go to prison. This bitch is not going to go to prison. Her parole might be extended and she might end up having to owe more money, but she's not going to go to fucking jail unless she does something really stupid. I hate this bitch is dumb. Special thanks this week. Wow. Number one to my drinking game because I haven't heard Amanda this drunk in a long time. <laughs> in a grip. <laughs> <laughs> and also special thanks to, <laughs> to Cassandra Netherton for patiently waiting for your reparations episode. I hope it was worth it. And choosing this amazing topic and Quinn Gray case. It was amazing. Thank you. Oh, I just got an update. My pizza is being prepared. (laughs) (laughs) We better fly through this special thank you. Postmates push notifications (laughs) for telling me that my pizza has entered the oven. (laughs) (laughs) What what did you order? What toppings? I got the Thailander from Galactic Pizza. Minnesota. <laughs> okay. It's really good. It's got Moving peanut on. sauce on it. Special thanks. Moving on. Lizzie in the lab. Get mm. your lab coat. Grab your lab coat and get your hat. You're giving $5 a month and that is great. Lizzie in the lab and pizza in the oven. Mm-hmm. Mm. Special thanks also to Cyrita Combs Canada. You've made our day. You've made our Canada day. Thank you very much. Special thanks to China Burgoon. We're goons, but we love you. (laughs) Burgoonia Clute. What an incredible name. I love that. China Burgoon. Wow. Remember when I really wanted to get a gecko and name it Burgoonia Clute? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> kind of disappointed that you haven't done that yet. There's a lot of yeah, game left. Waiting. I could still get a gecko. Christine <laughs> Grotman, I'm not going to grope you because I am respectful <laughs> of your $5 a month donation. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Big thanks to Teravia Cooper. Woo! Nailed it. Teravia. Mm-hmm. I just, I am blown away by these incredible names this week. I have nothing. You have I'm a beautiful blown away name. via. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Teravia, I hardly know ya. <laughs> hardly know via. Um, Mackenzie Filing, pronounced like filing cabinet. Wow. I am going to tuck you away for later. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> and I am... Um, Della KZ. I don't. You're driving us crazy. <laughs> oh. In a good way. That's a good one. Good job. <laughs> $5 a month. Congrats. Love you. Thank you, Sydney. Nope. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> Ignore me. Okay. Thank you to Sydney Jawrowski. Jabberwockies. <laughs> Love it. You are a dance crew. Incredible dancer. Take off your mask for us, Sydney. (laughs) And I got confused because mine is also a Sydney. Sydney Cruz. Mm. Ooh. 
and stay away from cruises. You're cruising mm-hmm. your way into our hearts. You're cruising mm-hmm. for a bruising, Sydney Cruz. Oh no. That's not Worst nice. phrase. Worst phrase. <laughs> Madeline Peterson increased their donation from $1 to $5 a month. Madeline or Madeline Peterson or Pedersen, thank you so much for your donation. Should we just purposefully really butcher yes. all the names? Yes. Well, all the okay. really easy to pronounce names, though. Just I'm like, um, what's, that sh- what's that show? E. Ron. A. Ron. What's that show? You know what I'm talking about. No. Key and Peel. Yeah. Well, I don't need any help butchering this name. <laughs> Kasha. Kasha. Kasha Johan- Johansson. No. Johnasson? Yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan. Kasha Jonathan. <laughs> Increase oh, no. their pledge from $1 to $5 a month. It's easy to do, peeps. Mm-hmm. Love it. Easy Thank you so do. much. Just and sorry for steps. totally fucking up both of your names. Bless it. Also increasing their pledge from two to five dollars a month is Tanya Cross or maybe Tonia Cross. 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 You are our cross to bear. <laughs> In a good way. We've got another increase. <laughs> Allison Christine or Allison Christen increasing Christine. from two to five dollars a month. Thank you, Allison. Why am I always left with these very difficult names? Liz. Okay. Kicking off Lies. our $10 a month. Lies. Lies as a Jewitz. Isa Hewitz. Isa Jewitz. Isa Jewitz. Lies. Liz. Lies. Lies. <laughs> You're getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass. Yeah. Moving on. There we go. Ingrid Falk, or maybe, uh, I don't know. Ingrid Fook. Ingrid Falk. Ingrid Falk. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Ingrid Falk. <sighs> Lauren Hollowell or Lauren Holul. I hate this new game we're playing. I love okay. it. It's getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail. Good job, Lauren Holul. As is Jesus. As is Chelsea Rostrin. Rostrin. Give Say me a ten dollars a month. Say it. Chelsea Rostron. Please, someone restrone me. I want to <laughs> hug you, Chelsea. <laughs> Shout out to Caroline Moore, who increased from 5 to $10 a month. You are going to be getting more rewards. Rewards. More, more. <laughs> Including and a fucking patriarchy wine glass. Kaniki, like from Greece. Love it. Kaniki sigh. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did oh, you get did you very, get very far? This tell song me is more, rapey. This song more. does not hold up in 2018. Should he uh-huh. use a condom when he has slept with Rizzo? Rizzo. Just saying. Protect yourself. Maybe you'll get a condom in your trash queen Ew. package. Not you a won't. used one. <laughs> you won't. Just one. Well, maybe you will. That's not trash. I value that. That's true. true. Thank you for your $15 a month donation. 
Thank you. Also, fellow trash queen, Yesenia Sanchez. Yesenia. Yesenia Just couldn't be done. We're Senia some trash. Yesenia, you trash. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And Jennifer Matthews or Jennifer Hennifer. Matthews. Matthews. You are going to be getting some random trash, and I promise it will not be a condom. Mm. Casey McNabb is donating at $25 a month. Such a generous McNabb. Wow, Casey McNabb. McNabb. You're going to get some loot. You're going to get a tote bag. It's going to mm-hmm. be a really exciting experience for you, and I really can't wait for you to enjoy it. <laughs> It'll be amazing, as will Lauren Monson. A mm-hmm. monsoon of merch is heading your way. <laughs> <laughs> It's just two and items, but it'll be great. Lucas Valen or Luca Valen. Luca uh, <laughs> Increase oh, from 10 to 25 a month. So you'll be getting that tote bag. You love us. You really love us. Beth Calling made a $10 once-off donation because of you are like <laughs> my exes and don't want to commit. You can go to our website merch store <laughs> wine and crime podcast and make a once off donation in a denomination that makes you feel a little more comfortable and beth made this donation in honor of her quote two beautiful kick-ass daughters mackenzie and danny Woo-hoo! who are well on their way to knocking off the fucking patriarchy yes mackenzie yes. and danny parenting the future goals. is you yes the future parenting goals. is you <laughs> no press. <laughs> Don't fuck this up, Beth calling. The Mackenzie future is calling. <laughs> All right. Also, a $25 once-off donation from Tiffany, Jen, and Brooke. Wow. Woo, 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 woo. Thank Friendship you goals. For real. Love it. Thank you. And thank you also for $25 once-off to Desiree Wheeler. You're in our wheelhouse, and we desire you. And holy shit, this is actually a friend of mine. Good Linnea God. Sundman gave us a hundred doll hairs. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I will be your friend even if you don't give us money. I love you that much. <laughs> I, I feel like this, just text me if this was a mistake and I'll clear it up for you. <laughs> Thank you, Linnea. I love you. Was we this love like you. a My butt God. dial? Yeah, did like you a, butt dial your Patreon accidentally? Are you drinking a lot? <laughs> okay. No. And of course, as always, special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. Go to talkspace.com forward slash gals. Get 45 bucks off your first month. Treat your brain. $45. That is the deal of the century. Wow. 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 Okay, bye. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. 
More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! This is Mike Morford. You may know me as co-host of the true crime podcast, Criminology. I'd like to invite you to listen to my new podcast, The Murder of My Family, which is out right now. In each episode, I discuss a murder case and include an interview with a family member of the victim to discuss the aftermath of the murder. Some of the cases I cover are well known, and others you probably haven't heard of. And I have several episodes currently available for you to binge on, including episodes about the Delphi murders, the Golden State Killer, and the Colonial Parkway murders, just to name a few. Here's a small sample. Bill Thomas is the brother of Kathy Thomas, and he agreed to talk with me about the murder in his family. Well, Mike, at the risk of sounding like every other proud big brother around the world, Kathy was an amazing person. And one thing I wanted to get across is how important it is that the victims that I'll be talking about in these cases aren't just statistics. You know, they were real people. They're more than just murder victims. For me, knowing that he has a family and that he gets to see his kids every day and that he gets to be there for his kids growing up, like, it's just, it's not fair. He was the most funniest man I've ever met. He was everybody's friend. New episodes come out on Saturdays, and you can find The Murder of My Family wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode.